Good morning, church. So we usually do Mission Sunday the first Sunday of the month, but we have a guest speaker next week, so we have moved it to this Sunday. Um, Let me pull up my phone here. So Michael's going to put on um, who we support um, monthly here at the church. A couple of people, Marty Peterson will be traveling to Nicaragua, and Colin and Madison will be traveling from Mali to Senegal this coming month. So if you guys would keep them in prayer, um, you know, sometimes in the village that they're in, people are familiar with them, but there is a little bit of a risk when you're traveling um, and people do not know you. So if you'll keep them in your um, prayers for this coming month. One of the things that Larry and I had a pleasure of doing a couple of years ago, we went back to his home church when he was a child, and at Christmas time, they had probably 40 countries represented where everyone um, wore their, uh, the dress of their hand and carried a flag and sang Christmas songs. And one by one, these families marched in. And it just really impressed upon me that when I look in the mirror every morning, that's really not um, what some people think the, the true scene of heaven's going to be. Heaven is going to be every nation, every tribe, every background. Um, it, it was really a touching scene, just, just seeing every person um, file in. And in Revelation, um, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, all tribes, all peoples, and all tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. So each month we're highlighting a missionary that we support, and this Sunday we highlight Moses Chowdhury from India. He started his um, mission in 1982, and currently he has, he has 160 pastors and churches that he has planted around India, three Bible schools that are training youth, three children's homes um, that house 350 children. And I will say, when I, when I know that every tongue, every tribe, every nation will be in heaven one day with, with those that have accepted the Lord Jesus, I love hearing someone talk about the Lord in an accent. So, Michael. Hello, my dear family of God in Bethel Christian Center at Durham, North Carolina. This is Moses Chaudhary from India, sending love and greetings to you all from Maranatha Faith Ministries. You've been very faithful and most consistent partner ever since God has appointed my path across that of pastors Don and Carol Westbrook in 1986. Don and Carol have enriched my life. My heart wells up with gratitude to you all for putting your trust in me and my God-given vision. Your monthly support has helped many church planters in villages, often on poor boys and girls and widows. Your support hasn't been unnoticed by the Lord of Harvest. Our ministry has impacted several thousands of lives for God's eternity. Growth is wonderful, and it also brings challenges followed by needs. My journey with its mission continues until it's completed. I do appreciate you all very much. May God reward you all at BCC richly in every aspect. If the ushers will come forward.
Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for every missionary over this globe, whether we support them and know them personally or where someone else supports them, dear Lord. I thank you for the offering. I thank you for blessing Bethel um, with money to give. I thank you for having um, Bethel have the heart of missions where we send forward. Even if we cannot go, we know that our money goes ahead. Dear Lord, bless every single dollar that is given today. Multiply it. Meet the needs. Keep them safe. Encourage them. Let them see opportunities. We know that you open opportunities for the gospel to go forth. Let them recognize the opportunities that are given to them. In Jesus' holy name, amen. This morning, our program, our service will have a few more inserts than we normally would have. So this morning, one of the things that we're gonna, uh, get, you're gonna have the opportunity to see is the history of the church, the history of 50 years of pastoring. And we're gonna have a slide presentation to show this history. I am so glad you A lot of memories, a lot of memories. So now we're going to have an opportunity for various groups in the church to come and talk about their um, experience, the things that, how they, how Pastor Don and Sister Carol has impacted their life. But the first person we're going to have, we're going to have one of our charter members to come and talk, and that's uh, Johnny Blake. Thank you. This is more to me today. This is a great occasion, and I'm so blessed to be a little part of it. Now, they are more than faithful servants of God to me. I'll tell you why. They are my personal friends over the years. One incident, let me bring this to you. Our oldest son got grown, growed up in the church with their family, and uh, our families, our children played with the other children, and We've, we've been blessed over the years with their ministry. But our oldest son, he got off from work. I think it was working at the Winn-Dixie store at night and wrecked our car. And I announced that I was going to try to fix it. And I did that. It must have took a month to get it back on the road. But Brother Don said, we've got an extra car 
And you, I want you to come get it and use it just as long as you want it. Friends like that are hard to find. But that's just a little bit of what uh, I wanted to say this morning. Now, here's a personal friend, more than a man of God that has led this church. He's blessed us in so many ways that it'd be hard to tell about it. But inside the church, we've had miracles, people being healed. I could name one that had arthritis so bad, they couldn't stretch their hand out, but they got healed. People with cancer, people that we went and visited and they come and join the church, had cancer, they were healed. And uh, different things, but we, we always have visited people in the rest home, in the hospital, in their home, that was invalid or could not come to church. And we would go and pray with them and God gave us miracles. Yes, yes he, he was with us. Now, my brother has a saying, God has been with us every step of the way. And you know that fits this church so good. Every step of the way, inside this church, outside this church. If we went on, now we went on a lot of trips. And uh, we, we didn't just... Uh, we, we, we went and had fun. Yes, we enjoyed ourselves visiting. We went to, a lot of times, to the Rudy Theater in Selma and went to the Christmas show and different places like that. But God was with us. And I want to say, every step of the way, you know whether we moved, we moved several or a number of times but God was with us and supplied every need. Now, one great need that we had, we had, our roof in the fellowship hall was leaking, and we had already met, and I think it was going to cost $18,000 to fix that roof. A man came from the insurance company, inspected our roof and said you've got storm damage and that's covered under your insurance and we'll put the, we'll change every bit of it and uh, they did and we didn't cost us a cent in fact we made money and that's just uh, we got more than it cost I tell you God has been with us and I want to emphasize that fact. You know, whether we were moving in a new place, building a new building, uh, or whatever, God answered prayer. And God worked with us. And uh, all these years, He's been with us every step of the way. And uh, Sister Carol, if you, you have stuck by Brother Don, all the way, and uh, you had a very serious part in his ministry. And uh, over the years, as I said, not more 
than an anointed man of God, but a, a great friend. And he has blessed. We, we moved. If it was in this uh, church on Main Street, we built that. God just supplied every need. I'm reminded of the scripture. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he seemed to have put his approval on what we did by answering prayer, by working in our midst. And it's a blessing and a personal privilege of mine to be a part of this great celebration. This is a great celebration. It's hardly unheard of that somebody would pastor the same church for 50, over 50 years. Amen. But that is Brother Don. And we just want to give thanks to the Lord for his blessings all along the way. And yes, and uh, they said I had five minutes for, for 50 years. Something don't exactly add up. But I've, I've said what I think I should say. And uh, thank you. The Westbrooks have certainly made an impact on so many lives, and I can be a testimony to that because I'm standing here today because of the call that they told me, God has a call on your life. And, then, and from that, Pastor Don anointed me and, 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 and sanctioned me to come forth. So I, I, can, I can attest that they have had an impact on so many lives. So now we're going to hear from the children.
Isn't that precious? That is so precious. Now we're going to hear from our youth. So if you have ever been in the youth or the kids' ministry, you yourself here at Bethel, over these 50 years, would you also stand up? If you have ever served, okay, if you have ever served any of these departments in any capacity, would you also stand over these 50 years? It's hard to encapsulate 50 years in a, to a celebration, but the point is here that what you have up here is not even close to being representative of the full picture. And I would like to say thank you as well, Pastor Don. Years back, he took a chance on a scraggly college student with no experience and no real training, and just just very appreciative. Because to see the different ones over the years come, I know I'm just one of many youth pastors that have been here over the 50 years, but. It's amazing that Pastor Don has the vision that he does for the children and the youth, and that he always pushes us to keep it fresh, to keep it to where the priority of the church is on the young people, because it's, it's the next generation. And so, so many of you that stood up being way back yourself in the youth and to, to see that kind of come to fruition over the years in the lives of young people is something that you can't even explain or put a price on. And so if Chris is going to come, we brought this from the youth room. So this cross represents to us something very special. Um, Mr. Gerald made this cross for us when we started um, youth pastoring in, in the youth ministry about eight years ago. So this cross doesn't represent, again, all of the 50 years, but it does represent essentially the last decade of all of the youth who have been in this church and under Pastor Don's leadership who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and who will be with us forever and ever in heaven. At this time, the youth have a special presentation. They are going to recite Psalm 103, verses 1 through 12. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives every one of, every one of all your iniquities and who heals each one of our diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and corrupt corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns your crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. The Lord executes righteousness and justice, not for me only, but for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways of righteousness and justice to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy and loving kindness. He will not always be tired and content, neither keep, neither keep anger forever or hold a grudge. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. 
For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who reverently, reverently and worshipfully fear him. For as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So, Pastor, they memorized that in the Amplified. <laughs> we thought it, it, it kind of said all that it needed to say. And thank you for your leadership. Thank you from all of us on behalf of the youth over 50 years. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you, Pastor. Pastor, you've been working on the right assignment. You've been pass the test. We're going to have Jennifer Clark to come up and talk about what it was, what it is to grow up at Bethel Christian Center. See, those teenagers are just as cute, but they get nervous, so they uh, had a few grunts and groans over there. <laughs> But uh, welcome, church family. That's what we are after all. We're family. And I am honored to stand up here today and talk about what it was like to grow up at Bethel. Uh, my, Bethel has been part of my family for as long as I've been alive. Literally, my parents were attending Bethel Christian Center um, before they were even married. So Bethel Christian Center has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And there has not been a time in my life when I don't remember Pastor Don and Sister Carol being there, and um, I want them to always be that way, so I'm honored to be here. Uh, but I started out at the East Main Street, Main Street campus, and that's where I was dedicated as a baby, and I don't remember much about that place except for the fact that it had stained, like blue stained glass windows. Um, but I do remember, even as a, a young, young child, Sister Carol's mother, Sister Holder, she babysat me in her home that was actually at the end of our childhood home growing up. Remember, she had blue carpet, like shag, nice, modern carpet. Uh, then we moved on. See, what the video did not show was all the in-between pieces that this church endured throughout the years to get where you're sitting today. Uh, after Main Street, we actually were located at Brogdon Middle School. And the children's church was, I guess, in the lobby. Uh, I remember being in the lobby playing Duck, Duck, Goose. I, mean, I don't know why that was such a like significant memory, but I do remember that the auditorium is where uh, the big church services were held. And at the time, there was no air conditioning in that auditorium. <laughs> So for those of you, when you feel like you want to complain about the thermostat, just remember there's some people that suffered along the way to get you here today. <laughs> I'm thankful for the heat, thankful for the air condition. After Brogdon Middle School, we actually moved on to the adults had church in a shopping center uh, building over where on the McDonald's on Guest Road is today. And those buildings are still there. However, the children's ministry actually met in a hotel room at Red Roof Inn. <laughs> so uh, we have, the struggle has been real to get here, but <laughs> we've made it. And it's just, I look back on that and see the commitment that it took to go through hotel rooms and um, shopping centers to get here. And I do remember one event in the Red Roof Inn was that my friend's brother... <laughs> 
said that the air conditioning smelled like stinky feet. So <laughs> that, that was my children's church experience there. We moved here. I don't even know how old I was, but at the time we just had the fellowship hall. And we would have church service there. And the skylight, when it rained, would be so loud. I mean, it was hard to hear, but thankfully, Pastor Don, he could still yell back then. So we would enjoy church service back there. Um, I had a baby doll at one point that would yell, Mama, Mama. And I brought it to church with me, you know, as every little girl does. And we were back there in that fellowship hall, the sanctuary at the time. And I don't know what happened to it. It went on the fritz. It started screaming, Mama, Mama, during the sermon. And I remember my friend's dad took it and just yanked it and, like, threw it in one of the side rooms. And I, like, still scarred to this day for that. (laughs) My poor little baby doll was just thrown into the classroom. (laughs) So then, but I grew up having children's church. I think I have been in every single classroom here throughout the years. Um, I remember when this sanctuary was built, when it was just concrete, And um, you guys are sitting in a place, I know there's green carpet in here now, but there was a time when it was green grass. And uh, that's where we hunted for Easter eggs back in the day. So um, it's been a long journey to get where we are today. But I was one of the children that, you know, came up through Children's Church, saw the puppet shows that we did, um, the different shows that we put on, you know, the one standing there, down there doing the motions and everything, went through Bible school here, uh, went through youth ministry here, and uh, was part of a church-wide drama that we used to do for Halloween called Fate's Place. That was a massive production that Bethel Christian did, Center did for years and years that I was part of. I mean, it transformed the sanctuary. Um, when I was 15, actually, in the youth ministry, someone believed enough in me to allow me to teach, I mean, the kids that were my age, and man, I really did not know anything back then, (laughs) thought I knew some stuff back then, but the point was that someone believed in me enough to allow me to do that at the time, and uh, that later took me to my husband's childhood church, and we youth pastored there for years, and through that youth ministry is where Uh, We met our son, who is now adopted, and it's just amazing what one church can do in someone's life, the decisions that it leads you to, um, the opportunities that it leads you to. But this church is what taught me commitment, even when the environment or the circumstances are not as perfect or as ideal as they may seem to be or should be. This is the church that taught me that the Holy Spirit is real, that God moves. He's not just sitting still, that it's okay to clap, that it's okay to shout, that it's okay to fall out and whatever you need to do, just experience the, experiencing the true God that we serve and not being afraid to spread that. But um, throughout this whole time growing up, it's Pastor Don and Sister Carol that have been with me throughout all those years, and I actually have a few props that I brought up here just to kind of demonstrate visually what they've been for me. Um, This is a Bible that they gave me, I'm assuming when I was dedicated, and so the date in this is March 25th, 1987, and it is kind of dirty now, but I have had it 
my whole life, and they were there at the beginning. This is a journal that Sister Carol gave me when I graduated high school. That was in 2005. And in this journal, there are prayers, there are joyful times, there are heartbreaks in here. Um, there are prayers written in here that were answered. There are prayers written in here that are not yet answered. But it's because she gave it to me that it's in here, and I'm going to check those prayers off. And this Bible was also given to me when I graduated high school in 2005. Um, I mean, pages are kind of raggedy now, but there have been tears on this Bible. There have been underlines and highlights that I have taught many teenagers out of. And um, I'm just grateful that I was planted here by my family and shepherded by these two um, for 32 years now. And they have taken care of me and watched me the whole way. And I hope one day you get to watch the rest of my family go through this church. But thank you so much for what you have done and for your commitment and your never-failing prayers. We love you. Amen and amen and amen. We're going to ask Angela Cross to come, and she's going to talk about what attracted her to, here, to Bethel Christian Center? Good morning, Bethel. Um, again, I'm Angela. Um, I'm spinning off of Michael and um, Christy, where they talked about Pastor Don's love for the youth and that ministry. Um, my daughter actually invited me to Bethel under their leadership, Christy and Michael. Um, she used to participate in a lot of the youth um, events. And uh, she, we were in between churches and she said, Mom, why don't you come and, and go with me to Bethel Christian Center? She talked so highly and spoke so highly of Michael and Christy, um, how kind they were to her and so much the love and kindness that they showed her when she visited with them. Um, so I came over and I mean, after the first encounter at Bethel, I was hooked. Um, the kindness that I experienced when I came here, all the love, the hugs, and just the extension of, I believe, the love that Pastor Don shows everyone here. Um, definitely was something I wanted to embrace and continue my journey here at Bethel. Um, I wanted to say to Pastor Don and Pastor Carol, thank you so much for your love and your kindness toward me and my husband, Bill, who is not a member at Bethel, but it feels like he is because you guys are so kind to Bill and so um, loving, um, reaching out to him, encouraging him, and just making him feel like a part of Bethel. He so appreciates that. He told me to tell you congratulations on the 50 year anniversary to both of you and that he sends his love this morning. Um, I'm just trying to remember everything. Um, but the attraction for me again was that love and that kindness and just the spirit and the presence of the Lord in this place because God is good and he's been faithful and I just thank God for Pastor Don and Pastor Carol, who Pastor Don always preaches the unadulterated word of God. He lives it, he walks it, he talks it, and that is something that is to be cherished because so much is going on in the world and in the church. 
that I value you. You are amazing, Pastor Don. And I just appreciate you and honor you. Um, that's all. Thank you. <laughs> Now we're going to hear from the family of Pastor Don and Sister Carol. Felicia, come forward. Well, as Jennifer said, it is certainly an honor and a privilege, and I don't take it lightly um, that I'm able to get up here and have a platform to um, speak and to have a voice. Um, but just to let you know, fitting 50 years into five minutes is not possible. <laughs> but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> the first thing I want to start off with is sharing some of my childhood memories. Um, our family was an ordinary family, just like all of you guys. And that's what some of these memories will share. As a young child, being a morning person was not in my DNA, which I am certain I inherited from my father. The struggle was real for me, and my sister Phyllis as well, although hers not as much as the struggle as mine. My brother Neil never had a struggle, and to me that just was not fair. Getting up late and missing the bus is still a memory that makes up a big part of my younger years. Also embedded in my memory is my mom's loving voice saying, Felicia, it's time to get up. Not once, not twice but so many times that I'm sure we both lost count. And no matter how many times she would call me, my mind and body just couldn't find the strength to get up. Mom would always make us breakfast every morning before school, and being the creative and loving mother that she is, <clears throat> she did her best to make getting up for her problem morning child fun. She would fix me a bowl of Rice Krispies and come to my room and say, Felicia, your Rice Krispies are popping, and if you don't hurry up, you're going to miss hearing them pop. <laughs> Some mornings I made it to the kitchen bar stool to hear the not-so-wonderful sound of Rice Krispies popping, and other mornings I made it to the kitchen bar stool only to find soggy Rice Krispies that had long lost their pop. <laughs> Another one of my childhood memories is of our dark green Volkswagen Beetle. We had that back in the 70s. And as soon as it started snowing, we would always find Dad under the carport, which we had a carport back then, <laughs> putting chains on the tires. Neil and I would get so excited because we knew when it snowed, we would get to go riding in the snow with Mom and Dad. But our favorite part of riding in the snow in that little green Volkswagen was that Mom and Dad would let us get in the hatchback. That tiny space tiny space in the very back of an already tiny vehicle. We would ride for hours, both of us, on our knees, holding on to the back of the seat with just our heads peeking over. I remember our family making many sacrifices for the call that was on my parents' lives. We spent more time at church than we did anywhere else. And back then, you had church every Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. You had long revivals. You had Bible studies. You had different groups meeting during the week. You had practices. You had rehearsals. So we spent a lot of time in church. <laughs> if we ever got sick, we were bundled up and carried to church. I remember sleeping on the dead floor of my dad's office many, many times. I remember Neil falling asleep 
under one of the pews during the church service because, you know, they last a really long time. All the lights were turned out, the doors were locked, and everyone went home. Mom and Dad thought that Neil had rode with me and my grandmother, meanwhile at the time. Needless to say, when they got home, there was no Neil. Luckily, the Lord looked out for him because he stayed asleep the whole entire time until they got back to go find him. Under the pew, in the dark, nobody there. <laughs> I have many wonderful childhood memories, but when I was young, I did not realize then. that I was part of a family heritage and legacy that most never get to experience. A heritage that began with my grandparents. My mom's dad, Seb Holder, an ex-boxer who surrendered his life to God and became such a powerful man of God that he touched many, many, many lives. He began our family's journey by starting Bethel Chapel Church before I was born. He was such a powerful man of God that even though I never met him, I was never fortunate enough, his life has impacted mine greatly and still does 50 years later after his passing. My mom's mom, Eloise Holder, she was known as Mima to all of us grandchildren. She was a strong, godly woman and also impacted my life in many wonderful ways. She exemplified love and how to care for those you love. She was also the best cook and the one and only best cook that I know. My dad's mom, Geneva Westbrook, or Grandma Geneva to us, a powerful woman of God whose life as a prayer warrior taught me so much about prayer. And she taught me not to be ashamed of the gospel and exemplified how to be bold in godly love. To my dad, taught me what faithfulness is. 50 years, a whole decade. Wow, it's really hard to believe. He taught me that staying true to your call and being faithful to God brings fulfillment, love, joy, peace, and happiness. He taught me the word, his ability to open the word of God and present it in a way that applies to everyday life. His ability to preach and teach God's word made it become real in my life. And he taught me how to apply it in all areas of my life. It taught me how to use God's word in my struggles and my successes and gave me the ability to grow in Christ. He also makes it fun. He's funny. He made it fun to learn the God's word. He was also not afraid to share his personal struggles and life experiences. And this is one of the biggest things that my dad has taught me. And it's called transparency. What is transparency? It is allowing light to pass through so that objects behind can be distinctly seen. Being transparent means you allow the real you to see, be seen by others as God's light passes through you. Many people believe that allowing your truths to be exposed only reveals weakness. 
but on the contrary, being transparent and allowing God's light and his truth to shine through you reveals your inner strength because it's God's strength and God's truth and God's love that is revealed. As a child, I did not appreciate this lesson of transparency because our lives and our stories were an open book to many. I remember sitting in the church pew on so many occasions thinking, Dad, really? Did you have to tell everyone that? It can be somewhat embarrassing, but little did I know then that you were teaching me a valuable lesson by example. Being transparent means you are willing to take the risk of others using your truth and transparency to take advantage of you or even using it against you. This can be excruciating painful at times, as I've watched it happen many times over the years. Being transparent can bring pain and is not for the faint of heart or those who are weak. But being transparent is about truth and honesty, and through all of the pain, it allows God to do his work. And eventually, over time, you will see justice and truth will win. It will prevail in the end. The lesson of transparency gave me the ability to identify non-transparent people very quickly, or what I like to call fakers. This has actually been one of my biggest pet peeves in life. <laughs> but the Bible says in Amos 5.15, hate evil, love good, and establish justice in the gate. There's that justice I was talking about. Transparency brings forth truth. Truth brings forth justice, God's justice. The truth always comes out in the end, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. To my mom who, simply put, deserves credit for everything else <laughs> in me becoming the woman I am today. She is my rock, my confidant, my teacher, and my best friend. She is the most amazing person that I know. She has been my Aaron when I was at rock bottom. Do you know what Aaron, who Aaron was in the Bible? It's the story of Moses and Aaron. Aaron held up Moses' arms. When the battle wasn't being won, Aaron was the one that held up Moses' arms. Exodus 17, 12, he aided Aaron to hold up the hands of Moses when Moses realized that the Israelites prevailed in battle while his hands were raised. I would not have made it through my life without my mom holding up my hands and my arms. And I know that from the bottom of my bottom of my heart. She exemplifies with perfection the love of Christ. She has shared in my sorrows and pain, and she shares in my joys and successes. Her example has taught me love, kindness, honor, honesty, hope, faith, and patience. She taught me to respect myself, my parents, my elders, 
authority, and everyone I meet. Respect can be a difficult lesson. And I'm going to use some of this transparency and tell on you now. <laughs> Standing in the kitchen, and I don't even remember now what it was, but I was very young. I was a young teenager. And mom had told me to do something or said something to me. And I said, but ma, I did not get mom out of my mouth. She slapped me across the face, and I landed on the kitchen floor. Now, some of you may think, oh, no, no. You know what? I stand before you today to tell you that that was her teaching me respect. She taught me that you must face your inner fears and struggles and deal with them so that it doesn't stunt your personal growth. She taught me how to look inside myself and ask myself, what is the motivation of your heart? Why are you really doing what you're doing? What is your true heart motivation? When you can answer that question, you can begin to deal with those inner struggles and what mom calls the real issues. You can begin to allow God to heal your inner hurts, fears, and struggles and begin growing in Christ. Her boundless knowledge has been my inspiration and my strength. From how to make the best homemade biscuits to what a new mom does at 2 a.m. with a screaming child, to how to make the most difficult decisions and get through the most difficult of times. I thank God that he chose you as my mom. <clears throat> I had to choose and make a conscious decision to carry on my family's legacy. I chose to carry the torch that was passed on to me. I choose to carry the torch by how I live my life. I choose to have a personal relationship with Christ. I choose to put God as the center of my life and my home, and I choose to serve God unashamed of who he is and unashamed of my family's legacy. What is the torch? The torch is the light of Christ. The torch is God's word and how you apply it to your life. The torch is the knowledge that you have acquired from those of us who came before you. The torch is learning how to cook and making those delicious meals. The torch is knowing right from wrong. The torch is telling your family history and story. The torch is loving and helping others that cross your path. The torch is how you treat your mother, father, sister, brother, husband, wife, and children. The torch is simply the message of Christ. To my children, my brothers and sisters' children, all their children, and to the, those of you of the younger generation, I bring a message of hope and encouragement. Never compare yourself to others. Remember, God is your biggest fan. He cares more about you than anyone else. Talk to him. Include him in your life. Think and get outside of the box because God has no box. A life in Christ brings endless options and opportunities. Lastly, listen to your intuition or your gut because that's God's spirit in you. To the church, thank you for being a big part of my family's legacy. Many like Brother Johnny have been here from the beginning, even way before me. But the church, my message to you is get back to the basics. 
get back to simplicity of life that we easily forget. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. In order for our family's legacy to be carried on to future generations, you all must carry the torch. Be strong, be courageous, carry the torch with boldness, holding it high and unashamed of the gospel of Christ. The choices you make in life determine whether you pick that torch up and carry it on or whether you don't. From our family's legacy and heritage comes the great call. And it's on all of us, each and every one of us, the call of Christ, the one and only true Savior. Today, our family imparts upon each and every one of you to take up the torch and carry on the legacy. Thank you. Can I ask you to stand, please? Just stand for a moment. Just, just stand up. All right. Okay, you can sit down. <laughs> All right. This morning, I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker. Renee Vaughn served in the media and community ministry with her late husband, Reverend Dr. James Vaughn, for more than 32 years. While living in Virginia, she was a public service director for WYAH TV 27 station. And she supervised the International Press Center in Virginia Beach. With her husband, she also worked at WJCB TV 49 Norfolk Station as Executive Director of Operations. She and her husband co-pastored Abundant Life Assembly Church in Portsmouth, Virginia, and in Durham, North Carolina. Renee Vaughn received her Master's of Divinity and Master's of Art from Regent University. She is co-author of the book entitled, Steps to Walking in the Spirit. Presently, Reverend Renee Vaughn is responsible for Abundant Life Prayer Chapel in Northgate Mall, which is a virtual social media ministry. The teachings from this ministry can be viewed on Channel 18 Durham and Channel 8 Chapel Hill. Not only is Renee in ministry, but she is bivocational, serving as a certified research administrator in the Psychiatric and Behavioral Science Clinical Research Unit at Duke University School of Medicine. But today, she's here this morning because she's a friend of Bethel, a friend of Pastor Don and Sister Carol. And over the years, they've encouraged one another, prayed for each other, and poured their lives into one another's lives. So I introduce to you and present to others, Reverend Renee Vaughn. Praise the Lord, Bethel. Amen. Amen. I am blessed to be here this morning. You know, I bring you greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
But it is an awesome, awesome honor to be with you one more time to celebrate another great anniversary. My husband, Reverend Dr. James Vaughn, was here with you guys. Both of us were here at the 30th anniversary. And as I was looking at the church history, it was just bringing back some old memories, thinking about how it is we met. Uh, pastor Don was the first pastor my husband met when he came from Virginia Beach to Durham, North Carolina. And you encouraged his heart and strengthened him. He had uh, lost, uh, or his first wife had gone home to be with the Lord. He had received a terminal uh, terminal diagnosis that said that he wouldn't live long. You didn't know that, but you strengthened him and encouraged him, and he lived on for 23 more years. <laughs> Praise God. So 50 years is a powerful, powerful number in the scriptures, if you look at it. Uh, in scripture, 50 is referenced as the Jubilee. You'll remember that from Leviticus. We think about the Sabbath being the seventh day, and then every seventh year, the land would lie fallow. And then when you turn to that 50th year, there would be a breaking of chains, a breaking of the yoke, a canceling of the debts, setting captives free, starting a whole nother level of opportunity for us. So that's what I wanted to just remind you of today that that 50 years is that golden celebration, that jubilee of the labor of love of Pastor Don and Sister Carol Westbrook, not only to Bethel Christian Center, but to Durham and the whole world. There's another pastor that was saying that once you hit that 50, that jubilee is God's reset button. It's a time to reboot, if you will. That Control-Alt-Delete, you know, when we get stuck on our computers and nothing works, we hit Control-Alt-Delete. Comes back up, gives you another opportunity, another opportunity to step forward, change what it is you were working on, see what God has for you to do next. In many, past, in many areas of uh, quarters of Durham, North Carolina. Pastor Don is known as Durham's pastor. Have you ever heard that? It's amazing to consider that Durham is celebrating 150 years in existence this year. And a third of that 150 years has been 50 years of Pastor Don and Sister Carol shaking up the status quo, stepping into places of power, praying with leaders, never, ever different. They're always the same wherever they go, in the halls of power, in the grocery store. I can remember my husband and I went with you guys many times to um, Cracker Barrel. And when you're with them, Pastor Don doesn't have a stranger. He knows everybody, and if he doesn't know them, he makes acquaintance. He makes sure to get the attention of the waitress, the staff. You know how it is down there. They have, a, have special places. Everybody knows them. People come by the table to talk. I was just amazed and fascinated when we first moved here. And the other thing is, 
Pastor Don can work across the aisle. You know what I'm talking about. Multi-ethnic, multi-denominations. It doesn't matter what people believe. He stands firm for what he believes, but he can also always be gracious to pull people from different corners. He'll have people praying together that never prayed together. And that's a powerful thing. The love and brotherhood and goodwill. When we first came to the area, there were many meetings for those unity celebrations that were talked about in the history. Uh, ultimately, many of those prayer meetings took place in the fellowship hall here at, at Bethel uh, with Dr. Z.D. Harris at that time and many other ministers from around the community and business and civic leaders as well as governmental leaders. Scripture says in Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And Pastor Don truly has a heart for God's people. He shepherded people all over Durham. So I join with the congregation today to say thank you for your tireless, faithful service. Scripture says in 1 Timothy 5.17, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So not only has Pastor Don and Sister Carol been in these organizations and bringing people together, but he's a powerful teacher, a powerful teacher. I have had an opportunity to sit under some of the nation's, I guess you would say, most esteemed pastors and teachers during my time at CBN, uh, working in various uh, TV stations there with the flagship flagship station WYAH, and then with my husband's channel WJCB. But when we come here, when we always come here, my husband will would take notes and he'd say, you know, Pastor Don is one of the best. You can sit under the Greek and the Hebrew, some of the best, but it's wonderful when you know that you have a colleague and a friend that you can call at any hour and they will break it down for you and teach you the word of God in a way that you can understand to bring it home right where it is you are at that particular time. And I've seen him do that over and over again. So Pastor Don and Sister Carol have not only cared for Bethel and Durham, but for the least of these throughout this country, and throughout the world. You know, this nation, this great nation that we are a part of, was founded not only simply on religious freedom, but on the concept of the Jubilee. On the Liberty Bell that was constructed in 1751, it reads, proclaim liberty throughout all the land and unto all the inhabitants thereof. That's a direct quote from Leviticus 25.10 that I mentioned at the top when I started talking about the Jubilee. So there have been things that have occurred, and Pastor Don has stood strong, always proclaiming the word of God, unadulterated, 
no matter what comes or what goes, he's still the same. Pastor Don and Sister Carol have labored for evangelization and mission care for the world. I was heartened to see the many, many places that you guys are continuing, continuing to support over these many years, these 50 years. And following up on some of my husband's work with the Ethiopian Jews of Israel last year, I was talking to Pastor Don and Sister Carol about going. I was a little apprehensive. Shouldn't have been. They encouraged you to go on, and of course they had been before. And could <laughs> Everywhere you go in the world, they know somebody, it seems. When I was in Hawaii, he was telling me about the fellowship there, the people that they had worked with through the years. When I, was, when I had an opportunity to go further on to Ethiopia this fall uh, to follow up with some additional work there of my husband's, they have just encouraged me through these past couple of years as my husband transitioned on to just stay faithful and just to continue on. And it's just wonderful to have colleagues to know that anywhere you go in the world, they know somebody. Isn't that powerful? They're known and have been known, their work and labor of love, that faithful work down through 50 long years. And I know it's not been easy. You know, scripture says in, I'm reading from the King James this time, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is faithful to his promises. God knows all of the hardships you've endured in his name to preach the gospel to the lost, to exhort, to encourage God's people. In 50 years, there's probably not much that you haven't seen. Great strides, built buildings in many locations. Many, many souls having been saved. I can remember some of those old TV broadcasts that you and Dr. Vaughn worked on. We'd get a lot of calls for those. You prayed with city leaders. You prayed with global leaders. You've educated children through your ministry work with your larger organization and sent many out to the glory of God. This is a great golden celebration, a golden anniversary, 50 years, an opportunity to mark this place in time, to look back over the years and marvel at God's grace and mercy, how God has brought you to and Bethel Christian Center down through the years as a blessing to Durham, this nation, and the world. But it's also a time to look forward. God won't forget your work of faith and labor of love. What you have accomplished through his grace. And the text supposes what will come. It says, and do minister. Presently and throughout the remaining time. Your example is a light on a hill, a living testimony to push us, the congregation, ministry colleagues, friends, family, through that legacy 
to free us to achieve higher heights and greater depths in God. The 50-year golden anniversary is a jubilee year to reset and reboot for the greater work to come. I praise God for having had the opportunity to know you and to love you and just to witness that great work of faith and labor of love. God bless you. At this time, we're going to ask Pastor Don and Sister Carol to come forward. Renee, thank you. You are so kind. I love you. I love you. Loved your husband, James, so much. Y'all have meant so much, not only to me, but so, much, so many people in this city uh, through television and other means and Abundant Life Church. And so we, we thank you so very much. Thank everyone for what you've said this morning and uh, my daughter and, and all the rest. Brother Johnny, and, and I'm going to miss somebody. Uh, uh -huh. Angela, and whoever had anything to say, I believe every word you said. <laughs> My wife and I worked for uh, five weeks on this little paper right here. We worked so hard to narrow everything down, uh, the 50 years down. Can you imagine 50 years on one little sheet of paper? <laughs> Wow, I'm not going to hold you much longer. We are going to, but I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to talk just a little bit, and then I want to sing a song. Will you let me sing a song? As as as, 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 as they get prepared, uh, Judy and Neil get prepared. If you'll help Neil come up, he's going to come on the platform. Several things that I am excited about. I'm excited about this church. And one of the main reasons I'm excited about this church is because of the quality leadership that's in this church. If God would call me home right now, right now, we have five ministers in this church. And each one of those ministers could just carry right on. And we have a transitional team. They've been working for two years approximately. And, and things are so set up and so well arranged. I really appreciate that. I want to thank everyone that has worked on this 50th anniversary. We're going to be, talk, we're going to be giving their names later, okay? Listen at me. We're going to be giving their names later. Uh, but I want to thank everyone that's helped us work on this 50th anniversary. It has meant so so much. There's three areas where I am so proud of as pastor of this church and as the minister of the gospel for 50 years. One of those, of course, is this church. I'll be telling you more about that and what this church has accomplished and what it has been. I want to tell you my one main goal my one now you know we have next next weekend we have next Saturday night. By the way, Mark Rutland, wow, what can you say? He's gonna be with us next weekend. And there's someone that they call Randy something. What is, is 
Randy is stale. Wow. He's quite a pianist. And he's going to be with us next week. So next week is going to be boom, 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 just big, big, big. But this has been big in the fact that we have been honored by, by this congregation. And Antoinette has done a wonderful job, uh, MC. And don't you think she's done a great job? But I want to tell a little bit about my main goal. And my main goal was to bring people together. And that's what I started out doing. And uh, God has helped us. The other one of the main goal that I had was to educate young people. And since 1991, we've provided, I've been saying over a half million dollars, but now it's over three quarters of a million dollars we've provided since 1991 to qualified young people to carry the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I, just praise, I just praise God for that. Uh, and then we have, we helped co-found TMIP, Durham Ministers in Prayer. Durham Ministers in Prayer for over 20 years. We've been meeting together about 60 ministers. Now, there's not 60 on Tuesday. We've been meeting every Tuesday. I can't tell you the miracles that have been birthed out of that time of prayer. Now, listen, we know we're not the only group praying for Durham. There's many groups praying for Durham, and we know that. But we've had the privilege of praying with minister after minister. Doesn't matter what denomination, doesn't matter what, uh, who they were, we all prayed together. And I'm going to tell a little bit about that. Not now, but I'm going to tell a little bit about that. This is my theme, and this is the reason that I've been able to do what I've done. I, 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 I cry over this too also before I sing this song. My wife, everyone that knows my wife, I could not have gotten a better wife, a better woman to stand by me since I've been in this ministry for 50 years. Would you thank God for her? I do not want you telling anyone outside of this group. Okay, so you just keep this among yourselves. She's the reason I'm where I am. If it was not for her, I would not be where I am. I mean that with all of my heart. I would not be. Father, we rejoice for the past 50 years. Everything that has been said and done we've been able to do by your strength and your power. Lord, I wouldn't want to even walk toward the pulpit, let alone stand in the pulpit, unless you were with me. I thank you that you've been with us every step of the way. Oh, I didn't feel you. Sometimes, Lord, I thought you were a thousand miles away. And sometimes I felt like you had forsaken me, but I knew you had not. You've always been with us. Lord, I thank you because you've blessed. And Lord, we know even now, standing in your presence, now, even now, you're able to touch hearts and lives. If there's a heart here that is lonely, Lord, that feels hopeless, I pray through your power that you might touch that life and let them know you 
you love them. May heaven come down and kiss the earth and we all be right in the middle of the smack because you're here. And you're not just here. You're here for a reason. You're not just here. You're here to touch our lives and to minister unto us. And Lord, we can celebrate, we can sing, we can talk, but unless you touch our lives, we leave the same way we came. Lord, I just know there's someone here that you're speaking to. I know there is. And I pray that you would let them know that you love them and that you will be with them in their their, their sad times, their hard times. I pray that you would be with them and strengthen them. Should there be one person here that that does not know you, speak to them that they might know you as their personal Savior. God, touch their life in Jesus' name. I pray that you touch every leader of this church. Lord, that's the reason that we've been able to be successful, not because of just Sister Carol and myself, but because of every person, every person that has given one penny, that has graced this place with their presence. Lord, I was... I was so blessed this morning to watch the door come open and Sister Tyler come in. She came in with her walker. Lord, what a strong woman. Lord, she's come through a stroke. And she sat there and smiled and talked. That's what church is all about. It's about those that have come through hard times. Those, dear God, that survived, dear God, when the enemy thought that he had them down for the last count. And yet they revived. And they witness. And they smile. And we hug necks. And Lord, that's what church is all about. It's not about brick and mortar, lights and beams. It's about people. It's about people. It's about people. People that love you. People that care. People that share. And Lord, we thank you for every person, every member of this church, every attender of this church, every person that gave one penny, $10, $100, $1,000. We thank you, dear God. For the faithful members and attenders of this church. And we stand here today debt free because of the faithfulness of the membership of Bethel Christian Center. And we honor them tonight and say thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Don't leave before you shake hands. Be real friendly because it's so nice for you to come. Don't forget next weekend, it's going to be big. It's going to be more than Barney Fife big. It's going to be big, big.